Welcome again to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. <laughs> you can do better. Come on, you can do better. I've heard you do better. <clears throat> Welcome to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. My ice is almost melted already. This is ridiculous. I know, because you're a scrub. Cheers. Oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. This is some good audio, audio quality. Yeah, there we go. Cheers. Ooh, that's a nice noise. Yeah. All right, so we're here again to babble. Yeah, uh, like I said, I think rolling with the punches, as it were, works out pretty good. You know, I think our outtakes video was probably the most successful podcast episode that we probably even haven't released. <laughs> you mean the one that we are probably never going to release? Uh, yeah, probably, but I think it was pretty funny. Only seven minutes. Though. That's not nice to tease like that, is it? No. Yeah, it's five minutes, by the way. Well, no. It was five minutes that I said it was. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've we been re- trying to record an intro for five minutes. Yeah, it was a lot harder to do the intro than uh, I think we both thought it would be. You know. Yes. Either, it was significantly harder. <laughs> either we're just not as clever as we thought we were, or it is actually difficult. Well, Who and the, the beauty of it is that the intro is still terrible. <laughs> We spent that much time on it. Hey, I think it's glorious. Don't talk bad about the intro. Okay. Damn right. (laughs) So, I uh, got up the courage to hobble out of bed today and walk the dog for two miles and some trails out on 840. Goo. Yeah, that was a fun time. Oh, the trails up, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, up there, that park there that might never ever get finished. The word trail probably yeah. not appropriate for that it's called a trail i think it's called the something railroad trail i don't know but it was marked as a trail just because it's paved doesn't mean it's not a trail i mean isn't that kind of by definition what a trail isn't no <laughs> a trail is a path that you follow that shows where other people have been Yes, right. see, I don't know if I agree with that either. It's a beaten path. A trail would be a beaten path. It doesn't have to necessarily be a people trail. You could have a trail going through the woods that was beaten by deer or elk or whatever. It's still, uh, a, it's still a trail, right? I think trail. Yeah, you're getting into the semantics of the word. I, I am absolutely. I definitely think it's a trail, and I think the funniest I think it's thing. A, I think it's a paved pathway. Yeah. Okay. Also known as a road. <laughs> It's a road through the woods. No. So is I think it's not a, road, a car road. A road has to have a car or it's a, a motor vehicle on it's it. It's a person road. Mm. It's specifically for people and dogs. You mean a trail. <laughs> it no. was funny because uh, I've never actually seen this before in my life, but I heard <laughs> coming up behind me. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And a guy flies by me on roller skates. Like... Wait, like actual 1970s roller yes, skates? Yes, I was going to say, not they're not the, not the roller blades. Not like the roller skis. Nope. But like legit. Roller like, skates. With the front brakes. Yes. <laughs> no way. Listening to music and he just kind of doesn't catch a beat and keeps going. Really? I was like, that's a pretty interesting Dude, sight. The 1970s called, they want their skates back. Apparently. His mullet was <laughs> I just offended all four listeners that we have. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's quite a unique experience when you go on something like that, because you rarely run into people that just end up there for no reason. 
So yeah. you see, like, you see the people that are running, and I'm like, oh my god, that just looks horrible. <laughs> yes. Then you see the that. people that are walking, and there's like 80 year old women that are passing me. Mm. And then you see the bikes and the ro- and then apparently rollerblades, <laughs> skates. skates. No, because rollerblades are still at least slightly in vogue. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just getting old. Yeah. We definitely rollerbladed as kids yes. a lot. Yeah. I don't think I could roller skate. I think I can. I could probably throw some blades well, back on. I don't know. Stopping was always a big issue with the rollerblades. Really? Not for me. You had to have good brakes. Yeah, but I never used the back brakes. Well, that that's how you stop with rollerblades. So of no, course you I, had a problem. My cousin could slide and Did stop Did you use your side. face instead? Yes. No, I just found something to run into, and that was the quickest way. <laughs> that's how I learned how to stop on downhill skis. Mm. The first time I ever went downhill skiing, <laughs> I was on the bunny slope, and... As a bigger guy and a, a man who understands physics, yep. the heavier you are, the higher your terminal velocity on a hill is. <laughs> is that so, how it works? Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, I, uh, Either way, as a heavier set person going down a water slide or down a hill slope, I can promise you that I go faster than the skinny people yeah. 100% of the time. So I was going 9,000 miles an hour down the bunny calculated. slope. Yeah, yes. No, that was calculated, yeah. Um, I wasn't using GPS or anything like that because it, it really didn't exist back then. It's one of those things where you see the movies where the cop is sitting there with the thing and the car flies by <laughs> and he's like, whoa, and turns on the lights. That was you. Yeah, basically, except for instead of it being a cop who noticed how fast I was going, it was all the children because <laughs> that's who's on the bunny slope. So <laughs> I hear I come this grown person flying down the bunny slope so unimaginably fast, weaving in and out of children who are sitting. It's like the scene from Indiana Jones when the boulder's coming and they're all running. I just imagine kids desperately trying to get out of the way while you're flailing coming down the hill at breakneck speed. Oh, it was unbelievably fast. And how I stopped was actually because I got near the bottom and at the bottom of the hill, there's one of those, you know, the orange mesh netting fences that they put up for temporary fences. There's one of those. I really didn't want to hit it. So I stopped with my face. Yep. I literally just leaned into it, took the dive and just went for it. And it was uncomfortable yeah i uh speaking of skiing accidents yeah i will never downhill ski because cross-country skiing is bad enough (laughs) um little known fact cross-country skis do not like the actual ones do not really have any way to stop so (laughs) that's the truth cheap cross-country skis have fish scales on the bottom so they're little grooves in the plastic Mm -hmm. or whatever Real cross-country skis, you use resin, and you have to melt it and put it on, and if it's a different temperature, it doesn't work. And even with the fish scale, sometimes you go and you get about 10 pounds of snow attached to the bottom of the skis because it it packs right on there. So you have to buy a special wax for that. I can't remember if it's resin or wax. I don't know. I've only done it a couple times. But anyway, yeah, so as you and I know... Me and uh, cross-country skiing have a pretty sordid past. There has been an encounter. Yeah. Because at our school, because we live in the Northeast, for anybody who's wondering, we actually did cross-country skiing in gym class. Yes, and there was also a cross-country skiing team. There is. There is. Which is actually one of the harder sports to do. Yes. Because all summer, basically, you have to train for it by running. Yep. So Lots of running. A lot of people would do cross-country, the running, 
sport during the summer and fall to prepare for, for cross skiing. country skiing. Which by I didn't the way, know any of that. Is not not a very fun sport for me. No. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy skiing. Mhm. But not at a at, not at speed. <laughs> yeah. So, the issue is that there's two types of cross country skiing. There's speed skating and classic. Classic is what most people learn in gym class or just Hey, let's well, grab- you say most people. I mean, obviously, you mean people who live where it snows, yes. which is definitely not most people. Yes. We're well, the we're only anyone idiots that who do has that. cross-country skis in their house, they're probably classic skis. They've either got the fish scales or the idea is that you kind of do the French fry pattern and like kick off with one leg and go and you're going yeah. a straight line. Use your poles and whatnot. Skating is rollerblading on snow with skis. That's pretty cool. So you keep it in an outward pattern like a pizza. And you go left, right, you push off. And there's a there's like V1, V2, which is like based on how you use the poles as you go. That's something I've definitely never done. Yeah, so it's tough. It's fun. Obviously, being a bigger kid, I did not know what I was getting into. And our buddy goes, dude... You should do cross-country skiing with me. It'd be great. I'm like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> I go to the meeting, and I could tell the coach, nice woman, Julie, amazing. Like, I've been a friend for ever since then. She looks at me and wonders what the hell I'm doing now. <laughs> and even I didn't know. I'm like, this is just skiing. This isn't that hard. The first practice was to warm up for the rest of the season by running three miles. <laughs> I had never run a mile in my life. And that's the warm-up. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit. But there's one thing I'm not. I'm not a quitter. I'd signed up. I was going to do it. There were many a times where everybody <laughs> was done running and I was still coming in. But gosh darn it, I did it. It would be dark, and my mom would be the last person in the parking lot waiting for me with the coach. But I did it. So, flash forward to when there's actually snow on the ground and we're actually using skis, which I had signed up for in the first place, I was presented with these two choices. Now, everybody had, through the school, a set of classic skis and a set of skate skis. I decided I'd really like to have a pair of my own with the boots... I chose skate skis, which are arguably the harder things to learn, and that's what I stuck with. And it took me probably two months to even get a semblance of what was going on started. So at these practices, everyone else would go and do all these trails and stuff. My job, figure it out. She would help sometimes. Some other people would help sometimes. I always had somebody helping me, but usually it was kind of bunny slow for (laughs) cross-country skiing. Yep. So I actually did one cross-country skiing race in classic skis, and it was pretty awesome. It was a pretty awesome event. I started first about 15 to 20 minutes before anyone else did. I was passed by everybody else. <laughs> and what would happen is there's trails in a in a cross-country skiing event. They actually, I don't know how they do it with the groomer, make two trails. So you're, you're literally in tracks. 
So it's literally all about how fast you can go, how much speed you can get going. I'd hear someone coming. I'd politely step out of the tracks, let everybody go, and then when I knew I was clear, get back in the tracks and go. Well, near the end, the coach comes out and goes, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. (laughs) If you've ever sweated during the winter, it's horrible. It's a horrible experience. It's not great. I've been there. Um, So I'm like, I'm good. And she's like, you know, you can, you know, take your skis off. We can walk this way. You don't have to do this. I'm like, I'm going to finish this. And I don't even know. I I think it might have been a 5K. I don't even remember how long it was. a long way. Yeah, it's a long way. So I'm like, no, I'm going to finish this. And the greatest sporting event, or instance, I should say. It wasn't an event, but the greatest thing that ever happened to me while I was competing in a sport. I was very close to the end, and like four or five members of my team ran out and were cheering me on to finish and kind of stayed with me. I finished and I just collapsed at the finish line, <laughs> but I did it. And oh my God. And I mean, I have to say the worst part about cross country skiing is that they wear this like skin tight suit. That was flattering. I'm sure I didn't do that. I wore that. And then I wore pants over. It. I did wrestling for one year in middle school. That was a mistake. Yeah. See, nope. I remember Fat those pictures. Should definitely yeah. not wear those tunic things. Nope. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't do that, but. One humiliating moment on that is that there were kids out on the trail just kind of going around, seeing how everything was going, and they were skating around me. And I got to a hill. Ring around the fatty. (laughs) No, they were really nice. They're like, you're doing great. You could do this. I'm like, wow, you're so supportive. Then I get to the top of this hill, and I see why they were watching everyone go down this hill. It was deep. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. I pizzaed the whole thing. And... So skating is like kind of like if you're looking at the slice from the tip down to the crust, pizza, which is in, I think, downhill skiing too, is yes, it is the reverse. So you kind of slow down. I'm just like, I'm going to get down this hill. And it took me like five minutes to get down the hill. It was that long. So in and downhill, steep. that's one of the hardest things for me to master because with downhill skis, it's a whole different thing. But we can talk about that yeah. in a second. But I uh, got to the bottom of that and I'm like, oh, thank God the ends. I'm done. But earlier in the day, the people that did the skate race, and I didn't even do, I didn't do the skate race. Sometimes people would do both. Not me. No, thanks. Um, They had to move the course to a portion of a downhill thing. Everybody was falling at the final hill. It was literally come down this downhill portion, take an immediate 90 degree turn to the left. So come down this downhill portion, fall. Get back up, continue. Yes, because you've got to remember that this is all about speed. Right. So these kids are not slowing down. And I feel like part of it was they're like, they wouldn't have us do something that is impossible, would they? (laughs) And they quickly learned that, oh, yes, they will. I didn't see, and I watched the entire race, a single person not fall down. (laughs) and i'm like and i'm supposed to do this thankfully it was on a different course but yeah well yeah after that uh i went and there was this hill that was like a deep deep downhill thing and it wasn't really even paved or a path 
Everyone would just go down it on the skis. So it was a trail. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) it was a deep hill that people would go down as kind of like a, you know, a dare. Like if you could make it down there. Yeah. It was like me. It was like straight down. You know that every terrible incident ever in human history, every single one is preceded by the phrase, watch this. Yep. (laughs) So I had practiced going down the approach. So it was nice and it wasn't very steep. And I had these stupid ski goggles on for whatever reason. Because that was the cool kid thing to wear. Yeah. I had bought these ski goggles for who knows why. And I started... Well, you need them when you actually go fast. Yeah. And but I, that wasn't a problem for yeah. you. See, I had gone down that hill probably a dozen times practicing, excited to show everyone what I could do when they got back. Right. So they were recording. Yes, I actually have seen the video of this. I know. I wish I could, too. And I'm going. And I was going slow. Someone has it. Yeah. And you know what? Hey, if anyone listening to this has that video, we need it. Yes. We need this video. Yes, we do. Because here's the thing. My plan was to go slow so I could do it. So everyone would be like, yeah, he can do it. Bad plan. <laughs> you could be Because this wasn't a groomed trail. I was going. And my right ski went into the powder. It grabbed my leg and spun it around about 190 to 200 degrees. Just enough to hear a snap. Bam. Down. And I just kind of grabbed my leg and Peter Griffin did. Because it hurt (gasps) bad. And I'm like, ah. And I was just pissed that I didn't do it. So I'm like. I'm okay. I wasn't going that fast. It can't be that bad. I stand up. The bottom part of my leg went to the left. The top part went to the right. I heard snap. Could no longer feel my leg and was on the ground. Long well, good st- news is you couldn't feel your leg. Yeah. Long story short, we go to the emergency room. I'm feeling fine. You know, the pain's gone. I'm rolling around. Your body's in shock. Yeah, I'm rolling around in the wheelchair, you know, seeing what's going on while we wait three or four hours at the ER, at the hospital, and come to find out, they tell me, oh, it's just a bad sprain. You'll be fine. And thank God, my mom's like, we should probably get this checked out. (laughs) Second opinion time. Yeah, we'll go to an actual doctor's office here, like, you know. We go, and they're like, we're going to have to cut your boot off. And I'm like, I spent a lot of money on these boots. No, nope, we're going to take it off. Go to a national doctor. Oh, yeah, you've definitely torn your ACL, partially torn your meniscus, and your MCL. But it's just a bad sprain. It is. So I tell them, the ER is great. That is what a sprain is, though, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. The ER is great for certain things. I have a cold. (laughs) But help no, me. That's not what the ER is for. That's the urgent care. Uh, I Don't have be a, one of those. I, ha- I chopped off my finger. Help yes. me. Yes. Yes. Or I, my bones, my my arm is now facing backwards and I can see there's the a, bone. There's a bone sticking out of my forearm. Yes. That's for the ER. But if you always have the chance, get a second opinion. Anyway, long story short, out for a long time. Horrible pain. And they're like, yeah, we can't operate right away. The swelling has to go down. So you have to wait about three months before we can do the surgery. And you'll be feeling great. 
And then we're going to cut open your leg, take a piece of your patella off, take the ligament attached to that, put it inside your bone, it'll die, come back, grow back as your new ACL, and you'll be good to go until you're 30 when you need a total knee replacement. 30's right around the corner, bro. I know. That's why I want to get back into CrossFit. Yeah, that's and a good did. idea. So, not to detract from your torn ACL, uh, partially torn meniscus. A traumatic part of my life, yes. Continue. Yeah, that was, uh, I. well, it was traumatic for you, hilarious for me. Yeah. I mean, and all of all of our friends. Yes. We got a lot of good chuckles out of that. Yeah. Especially after I saw the video, because it was literally the slowest moving yes. object I've ever seen. You were. Yep. He was moving at about a half a mile in a, a day. Yeah, it was go- it was slow, and I, it was a fluke. And like accident. it didn't look bad at all from where yeah. I was sitting, which was you know on my couch at home or something probably. Yeah. It looked uh, it looked pretty minor, and then I saw you get up and I saw you fall back down, and it was comical. It was all good, and then I heard that you uh, tore all kinds of stuff and broke all kinds of stuff. And my reaction was, bah! yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what it, an idiot why yeah. would he do that to himself yeah but speaking no. of why would you do that to yourself i've only been downhill skiing twice in my life yeah both times i went with my brother because he enjoys downhill skiing quite a bit i can't believe that he's pretty good at it actually um he was a cross-country skier for his whole time in high school hmm. bet you didn't know that either no he used to be skinny as a rail dude back in uh-huh. high school and um he did all kinds of stuff like that, and he was very, really pretty good at cross country before he w- joined the military and all that. Um, but either way, we've been down. He's taken me down to skiing twice. Once was that time. That was at a very small place, um, which is not a mountain at all. It's just basically a hill in the woods, and um, they've got a couple of trails and stuff. It's nothing big. Well, the second time was his favorite skiing hangout place, which him and his friends went to all the time. They would ski a bunch and drink a bunch and just be rowdy idiots. It's uh, called Labrador Mountain, and it's actually a mountain, not mm-hmm. a hill. Mm-hmm. And um, they've got a couple of, uh, what is it, Black Diamond trails there, and they have a board park where you can go even with your downhill skis and do like a half pipe. Wow. It's a legit like place to go. Yeah. And they don't have a bunny hill at Labrador Mountain. So it's <laughs> like you go there, and I... So I went based on the promises of a good time. I was too young to drink, so I was I was going based on the promises of watching other people drink and be idiots and eating good food, and that was basically it. But my brother insisted, hey, let's get you a rental. Let's get you up on that hill. Let's go downhill skiing. You've been on the bunny hill. You were good. You stopped. You didn't die. So we did. I did it. I went and got some skis, and we got uh, we got on the chairlift, which, by the way, was a really long ride. Mm-hmm. Like, there are parts where you're a solid 150 feet off the ground. And here's a here's a little known fact about me. I'm, man, it's hard to describe. I wouldn't say I'm terrified of heights, but my body has this awkward reaction whenever I'm on heights. So I don't physically feel fear when I'm up high. But my body gets woozy and my legs get rubbery and I kind of feel like I could pass out at any moment. So I'm up on this chairlift very high, and I'm a little nervous. Don't let the chairlift your, st- your tongue. So my brother says, <laughs> when we get to the top, don't put your pole in between my skis. Don't put your pole in between my skis. That's like rule number one on a chairlift, because we're pretty tight together on the mm-hmm. chairlift. 
you know, we're two bigger guys. So we take up the whole chairlift. And when you get off the chairlift, you have to push yourself off, you know, with your poles so that you can get out of the way. He said, whatever you do, don't put your pole between my skis or I'm going to make you fall. And they're going to stop the chairlift and you're going to look like an idiot and everyone's going to hate you. Right? So you get up to the top. What did I do? I put my pole in between his skis because I just don't know any better. It's my second time ever downhill skiing. My first time ever on a chairlift, really. And um, what did he do? Trip me. So I fell on my face coming off the chairlift. So they had to stop the chairlift. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody behind me's dangling 150 feet in the air like, really? We got this noob up at the top who fell off again. So there I am at the top. It takes me about a minute to get up because he didn't help me. Yeah. Because that's what brothers do. He just kind of stood back and laughed. Yep. And um, there's not much of a slope up at the top. It's pretty pretty flat. And um, I get to the edge of the hill, which is a mountain hill. And I look down, and I can see the lodge, which is the destination, the end of this trail. Literally, you could walk into the bar from the end of the trail. I look at, I see the, the lodge, and it, it looks so far away. So far away. I'm like, man, that was a long chairlift ride. I get to the top and the I can barely, I just see the lights of the lodge. It's like a di- far away distant city. And um, I'm like, oh my God. I look down this hill, mountain hill, and I go, we're so high up. My brother looks at me and goes, we're on the ground. And I said, this is a really high up piece of ground. And he goes, no, no, we're on the ground. You're not high up at all. This is the ground. (laughs) Now let's go skiing down this hill. And I'm like, this is a terrible idea. Why did I do this? So I start to ski down and I don't know how to pizza. (laughs) (laughs) How does pizza? (laughs) Well, how does one even pizza? So I have no idea how to do it. I have no idea how to downhill ski at all. I don't know how to do it. So I'm at the top of this mountain looking down this horrible path thinking, I'm, this is it. I'm dead. This is how I die. This is it. That's going to say on my tombstone, what what an idiot. (laughs) What What was was he he doing? (laughs) So I do it. I get on the, I get on the edge of the thing. I push off. And instead of pizzaing, my brother said, just cut. So that's a th- yeah, that's easy. Just that's a that. thing. So just cut, you know. Yeah. So you cut across the side. You go all the way to one side of the path, going left to right, as much left to right as you can by pushing your skis into the hill. And then when you get to that point, turn back around and cut some more. So I started doing that, and I was successful for fifty feet, and I fell on my face, <laughs> and then got back up, started going again, fell on my face. And this process was a recurring thing for the entirety of this journey. Now, mind you, there were some places where I made it, managed to go pretty far. But the problem is when I went pretty far, I went pretty fast. And when I went pretty fast, I fell really hard. (laughs) So I fell a bunch. By the time we got to the bottom of this thing, I was pretty banged up. Yeah. I was in rough shape. And uh, yeah, I just, at that moment, I realized I'm never going to downhill ski again. Yep. Except maybe no. if it's Bunny Hill. Then I might, I might consider it. No. no, it was a bad plan. It was a bad plan at all. And I think the moral of the story is if you don't know how to do something, don't do the high level part first. Yeah. I think... Uh, Needless to say, I didn't hit the board park. 
Yeah, I think the worst part, too, is your impact on everybody else. Because that's a sport or an activity. Oh, and everybody had to ski around yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's an activity where, like, people look at you and you go, what is he doing here? Yeah, people... Well, because this is, like, a place people go. Like, yeah. downhill skiers go up, come from all over to go to a place like this. And I'm the idiot who's there wrecking it for them. Yeah, and the best part is when either of us fell... There was evidence of the scene. Oh, yeah. And the funniest story I have to say about the whole ACL thing is I had gone down hills quite larger than that many times before. And successfully. And there used to be where we go up um, cross-country skiing the most with the team. The path started and it went down and it split. You go to the left, you go to the right. Both go to different areas, but they all meet up in the middle. Everyone was going to the left. So I followed, obviously a little bit behind. There was a ramp on the left that I did not see. Also known as a jump? Yes. And it was Legit. just, I don't know how it got there, because generally it's a groomed trail. So it's not like ramps just suddenly appear. <laughs> I hit that thing. And before I knew I was in the air, I was in the ground. <laughs> before so, you realized, yeah. you didn't get that Ricky Bobby moment where you're like, I'm flying through the air. This is not good. Um, I would say I had a second of like, oh, and then I was, my butt was in the ground. So, Skis straight up in the air. I don't know how I've managed, but I've managed to go my whole life without any major injuries like that. Knock on wood right now, man. So the funniest story of my whole thing wood. is about two or three years after the whole knee thing. I was in college, actually. I went and I got the skis out. Why? Went, went to the hill that was right next to our house in that field, 10 times deeper than the, <laughs> the hill I fell on. And just as I start going down, my mom pulls in and goes, don't do it. <laughs> no, stop. What is it? She probably thought you were attempting suicide. <laughs> and I've had enough. I'm going out the way I came in. And I went down. I'm sliding. Up Not the hill. a problem. Got down. I was skating. I'm like, man, I'm skating. I had done everything right. I went with the snowmobile packed down, so I had stuff. I'm like, I'm figuring this back out. I'm gonna be great. And then I fell, landed. I my center of gravity must be like my ass end because i always end up with skis up in the air See, that's the opposite problem i have i'm very top heavy <laughs> forwardly top heavy so like i almost exclusively end up on my face so i had forgotten that they had spread cow shit <laughs> on the thing and there was just a light dusting light dusting oh yes no big deal so i fell straight and i was shit. just like and it just here and i'm like oh, God. i'm like Oh, God. And I just kind of walk spread eagle up there on the skis. And I'm like, oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. But I, my dad saw me doing it. And he's like, that's not that hard. I'll get mine out. And his are like all wood from like, <laughs> like 74. Yeah. And he gets to the end of the thing. And my father has about the worst balance of anyone in the planet. He's fallen a few times, but he keeps trucking. Gets right back gets up again. Literally to the point that it's the farthest you could be away from the house. Falls, stands up, picks up one ski in his hand and just starts walking. One ski on his left foot. 
empty boot on the right and walks up and he goes, freaking dick broke on me. That's, by the way, the most humiliating thing about downhill skiing is when you fall on your face, the boots are made to disengage. Yeah. So I forgot to mention the fact that I actually had several occasions where I had to chase my skis 50 feet. Well, so here's the issue with cross-country skiing boots. They're not meant to really disengage. No, you're stuck with the skis. So that's how my... Leg yeah. got messed Whereas, up. Is that's the difference just, between it's one like of the big twisting a corkscrew. Because because downhill skis, if that something like that were to happen, where you're you're leaning forward on the ski, a lot of times it'll pop. Yeah, which is what you want to happen. Yeah, it it would take your. And by the way, I watched some people on the board park. Yeah. No. Yeah. See, I I had a recurring night. Huge. Your little ramp. Yeah. Multiply that by fifty. Yeah. And these guys are jumping literally like 25, 35 feet in the air. Just yeah. boof. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, yeah. holy. That's, I don't know. I don't think I could ever have the confidence. I mean, I've jumped things before. Like, I've jumped four-wheelers and stuff like that. But that's different. Like, that's not attached to my feet. <laughs> yeah, see, my cousin has always been a bit of a daredevil. And he always likes snowboarding. So I love the snowboards you stood on and didn't bolt into. Because I had a recurring nightmare that I would fall. The boots would pull my shins out of their legs. Yeah. And I would just see the board going down with, with like my your shins. bones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, nope, never snowboarding. Yeah, that, uh, speaking of recurring nightmares, that reminds me. Did I ever tell you about uh, my recurring nightmare that I had as a child about Jurassic Park? No. <laughs> so... People our age tend to remember Jurassic Park as like this classic movie yep. that we all loved. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved it when I got a little older. So when Jurassic Park came out, we weren't very old. Mm-hmm. I think we were probably six or seven, maybe. I don't Elementary know. school. Yeah, it was like, I th- it was in the late 90s that it came out, mm-hmm. I think. It was in the mid to late I 90s. I think it was like 94. Okay, well, when I first watched it, I was young. I don't really remember when. But mm-hmm. I do know that it left an impact on my psyche. <laughs> because I, I may not remember when I watched the movie, but I very specifically remember the dreams that it gave me. <laughs> and I think it's actually my earliest memory. I, genuinely, I think it's my earliest memory is this dream where we were in my house, my parents' house, and there were giant Tyrannosaurus Rexes or whatever, huge carnivorous dinosaurs mm-hmm. circling our house. <laughs> right? Just boom, boom. Boom. And I'm like trying to find places in the house where there's not a window for these things to see me. So I try to hide in the closet and I just hear boom, boom. And then boom, through my bedroom wall bursts the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And I'm like, oh God. So I run away into the other room and I run into the dining room where my dad is sitting very calmly at the the dining room table reading a paper. And then I hear boom, boom. And then I'm like, dad, run and he doesn't and he, he just sits there reading the paper and the next thing you know boom a transverse strikes bursts through the dining room wall and eats my dad just snatches him up and i'm like oh oh god so i run into the kitchen and i go to find somewhere to hide i'm looking around where can i hide where can i hide i'll hide in the oven because i was a little kid right so i'm like i'll hide in the oven and then i open the oven up and a and a velociraptor jumps out of the oven and eats my face and that's how i woke up wow um, you and I have vastly different memories of Jurassic Park because 
Uh, Brian and I used to go to sleep watching Jurassic Park on VHS. Well, you were probably older then. No. (laughs) Well, let's put it this way. It traumatized me. Okay. Uh, We would have that play as we slept. I mean, it's no big deal now, obviously. Uh, But when I was a very young young child, that was bad news. Because that was really good CGI. Yeah. I had a, a vivid dream like that where the tremors... The good tremors, like the old school where like they didn't really make it super funny like the new ones are. Like the new ones are funny and good. They're campy. But the old ones were like somewhat serious. So I had a dream. Oddly enough, Bryant was there. (laughs) And Bryant and I were at our house running into the house from these tremors. And the door was closing like those walls that close in and all those like action movies. Mm -hmm. I made it in. Bryant didn't make it. Oh, no, Bryant, no. (laughs) I run up the stairs, okay? Scared out of my mind, like, and I mean, it looks exactly like my house. Like, sometimes, you know, in a dream, it's like, it's your house, but it's not your house. Yes, oh, definitely. I have tons of those where, like, it's my house, and then all of a sudden it transforms. Yeah. And it's something different. Um, Or, like, you think it's your house, and you're like, yeah, this is my house, and then it's not, not your house. This was, it was my house to the letter. I run in my parents' room, because they had the closet with the door on it hid in the closet one of the little walking things opens the door goes and like snaps at me like it's gonna bite me and then there's a tornado and i just see everything from my dream spiraling in a tornado and at the bottom there's me sleeping on the cot so you were watching yourself yeah from so we're spiraling so you're having down. an out of body in dream yeah. experience so we're spinning down and I get to the bottom of the thing and impact with the bed that I'm sleeping on. And I wake up and sit up in the cot. And I'm like, holy crap, sweating. I also had chicken pox at the time. There, but It's amazing. I don't think I really have that many vivid dreams that I remember from my adult life. Mm-hmm. But I still remember so many from my childhood. Dude, like, I dream every night. I do too. But it's not like this. It's not mm-hmm. super vivid like it used to be when I was really little. Like I remember very specifically... Another dream where I, because I used to listen to the radio when I went to sleep. I would leave mm-hmm. like um, a you know radio station on, and um, I remember very specifically a dream that was brought on by a song um, called "Thunder Rolls" by I Garth Brooks. Yeah, um, and I was listening to the song in my sleep, but I could hear it. I could hear it in my subconscious mind, mm-hmm. and the dream was I was sitting on my um three-wheeler which was like a little kids i mean it was it was nice it was like stupid fast back in the 90s we could have toys like that and it did like 40 miles an hour or something i was like six (laughs) and um the uh i was sitting on it in my in my parents garage and i could see a storm coming across the trees and i'm like oh no and the next thing you know i see a 50 or 100 foot tall wave coming over the trees and it just washes over everything and i wake up Ah. or um there i mean there's just so many of them see i have a very unique situation with that where i used to have i don't want to say the same dream over and over again but it always all my dreams for a very long time always started the same i walked into a store that was like an arcade and I'd go to one specific arcade machine. And to this day, I can remember it. It was like a, you know, the retro, like, 
uh, art style on it. And it was a green with like inside of a cave on the sides and everything. And the front had the screen and the sides of the screen were like little stalagmites and stuff. So it looked like you were looking inside the entrance of a cave. I'd put my money in. And the thing would start up, the screen would turn on, and I'd get sucked into the game. <laughs> then I'd walk down these stairs like little stone steps in a forest, and then it would become anything from that point. But it always started So you had that like a way. gated entry in yeah. here? Yeah. But the last time that ever happened, started the same way, going to the arcade, something just was a little off. I get to the machine, out of order sign on it really yeah put my money in it starts up but it's kind of weird get in the rocks that i'm standing on are like molten lavas going everywhere there's a dinosaur and godzilla fighting over on the side of the thing (laughs) the trees are burning i kid you not this is like i was like it's getting ruined it's all ruined last time i ever had that dream really yeah that's kind of freaky yeah and I can remember it like it was vi- so vivid. I can remember it to this day. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how some of those things really stick out in your mind for years and years and years. Because yeah. I, I can genuinely say I don't. I know I dream pretty much every night. So I wake up and I go, that was a weird dream. Mm-hmm. But then 10 minutes later, it's like, what was it? What What was that dream? Nah. See, I can remember most dreams uh, until recently when the dog's been waking me up because he's been sick. But usually when I sleep through the night... I'll have one, two dreams. Like if I wake up at like five and like, oh, I can sleep another hour. I'll restart the dream. Yeah, that doesn't normally happen for me. It does happen sometimes where like I pick up where I left off in the dream. Mm -hmm. But usually for me, it's like if I'm having a real dreamy night, I will wake up, go to the bathroom, whatever, come back. And it's a new dream, a whole new thing, which might have some elements from the old one. When you were growing up, uh, did you listen to anything when you went to sleep? Oh, every night. Every single night. See, when I was growing up, I always had the TV on. Yep. So I started with the radio when I was real little. But then when I was like maybe eight or nine, I got a hand-me-down TV from my brother. And um, that was when I started watching. Instead of radio, I would put on like whatever channel and put it on all night. I wouldn't. What was a sleep timer? Those are for scrubs. I set a sleep timer. (laughs) You did? Yeah. Oh, no, I never did. I had the TV on all night long. No. And then I remember... I did that probably all through high school. Um, Do you think that contributed to our overweightness? Maybe. We probably were getting terrible sleep. I I heard that, you know, that it was horrible for you. So I made a conscious effort to stop. I did the same thing. With anything, with no noise. And I can tell you what, I've slept a lot better since I stopped doing that. You have no noise. Well, can I just venture to to say you should have some noise? No. Yes. White noise. Dude, telling you. We started adding white noise to our sleep routine. Oh my god! Mm, nope. I fall asleep so much faster, and I stay. I sleep so much deeper now. Yeah. See, I make because it... any little bumps in the night or noises that might happen in the house, they don't wake you. Yeah. See, I've never had to worry about being woken up by that kind of stuff. Um, my thing is, you make it as dark as you can, and as silent as you can. Well, that's what all the sleep experts say, right? Yeah. Although they do rec- a lot of them do recommend white noise. Mm. I think it's, I haven't well, think done about enough it. research. Evolutionarily, right? Think about um, it from a scientific perspective. How long have humans been sleeping in soundproof cages? Not that long, relatively. I mean, if you figure humans have been around for a long time, several million years or whatever, 
How long do you think we've had houses? Not very Forever. long. Caves. Bro. I mean, but caves had noises. Do you There's even cave crickets and frogs and you know all kinds of noises outside. And even if you're in like a straw hut or something or a teepee or whatever it is that you sleep in, there's noises, right? Yeah, see, the All noises night long. Don't bother. That's me. white noise. That's yeah. what I'm trying to tell you. So I don't sleep with like, you know, like static from a TV or something because I don't think that's I don't think it's natural. But we usually do um, rain, like rain hitting a metal roof sound. Oh, so nice. I, I yeah, no, but uh, you should try it. Just yeah, give it a maybe. shot sometime. You, you I, might uh, be surprised. I, I've i been sleeping really good. So I'm until recently when the dog's been sick and I've kind of caved and let him sleep in the bed. Oh, yeah. it's hard to uncave. Yeah, so tonight I've decided I... Well, the problem was he wasn't doing anything during the day and spending the whole time in the crate. So when he'd go in there at night, it's like, oh, I'm here again. So now it's kind of like... I took him for a two-mile walk this morning. Yeah. I'm going to do more walking tonight. He's going to sleep in the crate. Because I just... He doesn't sleep... He does sleep on the bed, but he's also just too big already to be up on a queen-size bed Dude, with me. he's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. He's like not even half of his size yet. Oh, he's probably a quarter. Yeah, he's, he's going to be... Huge. They can get up to 100 pounds, and he's going to be 27 yeah, inches tall. I was going to say, 100 pounds, but they're tall. Yeah. Like, they're skinny and huge. Yeah. So, they're muscly. So, uh, yeah, that's got to stop. And um, He's going to be able to fit your whole head in his mouth. No, ah. he's not going to be that big. <laughs> he's not that big. But, um, yeah, so... Well, you've got a small head. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking of uh, when you were talking about getting stuck on the chairlift. That has to be about as embarrassing as the guy who waits in the line for the roller coaster the entire wait and can't fit in the roller coaster oh, seat. Oh, man. I'm probably in that category Oh, now. I, we definitely are. Well, like the Superman? No, there's no way. And I... Oh, uh, I went on that. Oh, no. I love that. Dude, I have a severe fear of heights. That was a terrible... <laughs> I, it's like the tallest roller coaster on the Northeast. Second. Oh, whoop de freaking do. It was the tallest <laughs> when I went on it. And I very specifically remember I was uh, I was with someone and she goes, oh, look at that. Right over there. The front seat. At the open. very top. The very top of this roller coaster. She tells me to look over the side. <laughs> so I did. That's the last thing I remember of that <laughs> hill. I woke up about 25 or 30 seconds later on one of the loops. <laughs> just blacked out yeah see i think it's uh pretty great that on that and i've been privileged to be in the front seat on that kind of roller coaster a couple times no and you just look down and there's a second you don't see anything below you oh it's so great i do like i do like roller coasters just not the height of that one like i like um the mind eraser Mm -hmm. at darian lake that's a great one because I love the fact that your feet dangle. And it feels yeah. like you're going to get your knees, ch- you get to get chopped off the knees a couple times. Yeah, I think I'm getting too old for that kind of stuff. Sometimes, like, some, I don't know. Sometimes I haven't been, I've been I haven't on been them in a and they've time. made me sick. Other times I've gone on them and I've been fine. I haven't been on them in such a long time that I really wouldn't know. Yeah. I, uh, the classic carnival thing where it's like the arms that spin and then each one of those has something that spins. 
You know, what is that called? Uh, Scrambler. Yeah, the Scrambler. I love that. I hate those. Make oh, I love sick. those. Make me sick. You know what makes me sick? Those teapot rides. See, that's the same thing. How can, uh, It's crazy how you can be But on... that goes like up and down and stuff. It's uh, The Scrambler is just strictly centripetal force. Those teapot rides go up and down and up and down. No. Yeah, well, have you been on... Um, I'm not saying the Scrambler doesn't make me a little nauseous. What is that thing in Sylvan Beach that's got the two, like tubes that spin and the bomber the bomber oh dude i remember going on that when i was a kid i've never been on it because i don't trust that amusement (laughs) park neither do i but i went on it we had one of my birthday parties there and uh we all convinced each other to go on that and i remember getting in looking at it and like damn this thing's old when i was like (laughs) five so i can only imagine what shapes it's in now but there was one kid and no matter where my birthday party was like there used to be that indoor place i think it was in utica called fun zone uh maybe they had like it was amazing they had indoor uh mini golf they had but did they have chuck e cheese pizza though they had better. They had 3D, like a movie theater where you went on rides. 3D Doritos. Mate, do you remember 3D oh, Doritos? But uh, he always got sick on whatever birthday party I had. It could be a completely tame, like, we're going to go to the mall in a limo, and he would throw up. I remember that birthday. Yeah. That was your 16th birthday. Yep. You want to talk about somebody who had a sweet 16? Yeah. We went to the mall in a limo and then went paintballing. Yep. It's pretty fun. That was awesome. Yeah, I uh, I miss paintballing like in that respect. I still have my paintball gun. It's, oh, it's just so. I expensive. could shoot you with it a few times. See if you see if it brings back some good memories. Yeah, for you. like the time Bryson climbed into a cardboard box, thinking that would protect him from Scott and I's <laughs> semi-auto paintball guns, and we just kind of focus fired on one spot and. Bryson screams. <laughs> We're just priceless. And my mo- even my mother was just sitting there shaking her head, go, why would he do that? Why I, would he climb? I box? didn't always make the best decisions. No. No. Or like the one time, every time we'd play paintball behind my house, we had the initiation. I went once. Yeah, we had the initiation. I went one time. Yeah. So your initiation. There's a giant hill. And whoever's the new person... Starts on the hill, so with the competitive advantage, against everybody else. And I'm like, Bryson, you should probably take my hopper. It holds like a hundred rounds. I was like, no, no, I'm going to use my brother's gun that's got five shots in it. 14, I think. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know what it was? I was like. Get good. Yeah, you're like, Get I'm good, such though. a good shot. It just doesn't wait. matter, though. I'm going to cream you. Just watch yeah. me. And then I just Guess walked what happened? slowly through the woods towards you. And the paintballs went too, too far to the left, too, too far to the right. And then about 100 yards away from the hill, we hear, Hey, guys, I'm out of paintballs. <laughs> guys, we're done, right? And we go, there's only one way you get off the hill, Bryson. And that's when you've gotten out. And we shot you and lit you up. Yep. Because of your stupid mistake. The um there's a couple of memories that sneak out for me though that were one that was glorious and one that was horrible, which was when we were at Head Rush. Yes. And I jumped over the snake 
but I misjudged my jump. <laughs> right? So I tripped midair. Like, I was leaping over it, but I missed it by, like, an inch. It was very little. Missed I- it? missed it by that much so i jumped over it but didn't quite clear it so i fell and when i fell my gun hit the ground and all my paint came out of my hopper popped open my paint went all over the ground right so i had no gun scott runs up behind me and shoots me like like eight to ten times in the back yeah so that was not so glorious but i remember the time when i surprised all of you that same day when my strategy was just f it so i i as soon as they started the round I just sprinted up the right tape of the of the of the um, you know, of the gym or whatever. I sprinted up it as fast sprinted. as I possibly could. I was hey, it was quicker than most fat, <laughs> sprinted, mo- quicker than most six hundred and fifty pound people. So I ran as fast as I possibly could up there, and I just started laying into you guys because you did not expect no, no, it. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. What happened is I was sitting in the Dorito, which is like a pyramid shaped thing, and I'm looking out to the right, and I hear. Boom. Boom. It was faster Boom. than that because I was actually Boom. running. You were lumbering. <laughs> and I go, what the hell is that? Then I feel the barrel of your gun I remember rub that. against my back. <laughs> and I just go, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, ouch. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm out. Um, my greatest paintball memory and sadly you were never there, is I had started drinking, I forgot, whatever, not too long before this, like about a year. And uh, we got everybody together. So I was like 23, 24, out of college working at the restaurant. And we invited a bunch of us to go paintballing. And we went to Quaker Steak and Lube next to Headbrush, which both, I think, now are closed or whatever. The Quaker Steak and Lube is, definitely. And we got a big tube. The lube tube. The <laughs> lube tube. No wonder they closed. They yeah. had the lube tube. And we <laughs> we filled that with Blue Moon and the Mick Ultra and the other one. Oh, I was feeling good by the time we got over to the, to, the, to the... We got to Head Rush and I'm like, man, I'm ready to go. And there's like eight of us. And we show up and we're like, hey, we're here to play paintball, man. And they're like, oh, that's great. We got a birthday party. They need somebody to go against. It's going to be perfect. The birthday party was for a 13-year-old. And they put us against him. Oh, God, really? And this was when I was in... Full-grown adults. Yes, this was in a, when I was in decent shape. Now, contrary to like what some people may have thought in our first podcast, I was never like a specimen of fitness, but I was in pretty decent shape. I could run. I could do like a seven-minute mile. Specimen of fitness. Yeah, so like I was in pretty good shape. And so was my buddy Bryant, who used to listen to Jurassic Park while we slept. (laughs) And uh, we would each pick a side. And we would run down said side, get behind these poor children, and just decimate them. (laughs) I mean, these kids had no prayer. They would. Why? Why did you not, like, at least let them have it? It was a kid's (laughs) birthday. They were cowering in fear. Of course they were. Cowering. people twice their size were completely obliterating them mercilessly. It took me a few games to catch on because I was feeling pretty good. Of course you were. So You were being a complete asshole to a 13-year-old. We're walking out there. I go, hey, whose birthday is it? Did you use that voice? You're like, hey, I'm a (laughs) 23-year-old. I just beat your ass. Hey, whose birthday is it? 
And they like push him up as tribute. <laughs> like, take him and leave us alone. And I'm like, you're with us, us this time, kid. Follow me. And we run and we get behind him and I go, hey, you won one. He's like, yeah. So like we took a break and there's these two girls and like they're sitting there and, you know, Brian and I walk over and we start talking to him and say, hey, like we can we'll mix it up because we're starting to finally realize like the, the really like really feeling good part and not caring is starting to wear off. And we're like, hey, we can mix it up. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's fine. And the girls go, wow, you're really nice. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like. We thought you were really scary. We thought you were a dick, <laughs> which I'm you like, were. And then I felt really bad. So I could tell that the buzz had worn off because I ran to the middle and I was sitting there and a paintball skimmed my head and didn't break. And when a paintball oh, hits you and doesn't break, it hurts yeah, pretty it bad. And I'm like, I felt that one. Because <laughs> before I'd get hit, I'd be like, because you know, I play paintball with a t-shirt and like pants on yeah like i'm the wuss with the people that wear like some people we know yeah yeah mm-hmm. that wear pants with pants on top of pants and shirt with a long sleeve shirt and long sleeve shirt on top of it that's a little much yeah t-shirt i've played in shorts before because you know what i didn't care but uh yeah it was it was a pretty good time and then that happened i'm like okay it's time to go so I think this is probably a pretty good place to end this one with being addicted to children. <laughs> yes, yes. It was great. It was a good time. It, it definitely does not reflect poorly on me at all. So it's been a long and strange journey. I don't even remember what we've talked about. Skiing. All right, so we started with skiing and we went to dreams. Yeah, and then we ended up with being dicks to children. All right, so when you go skiing, only do it in your dream while being a dick to a child. Yes. All right, that sounds pretty good. All right. Good times.